Hi, everyone. Thanks for being here. Before we jump in today's episode, I'd like to announce the next boot camp. It's going to start January 6, 2020, and we're putting it together right now. It should be our biggest boot camp so far. In 2019, we had six boot camps and about 100 people went through it. And I have to tell you, it's been an amazing experience. In fact, this year has been incredible. Those people who went through the boot camp came from all over the world with all different levels of understanding the law of attraction and Joshua's teachings. Some had never even heard the term law of attraction and had just recently found Joshua, and some had been studying for years. But the thing that they all got is this new perspective about who they are, how this reality works, and how to engage the law of attraction to create the lives of their dreams. And so many amazing things have happened. People are starting podcasts, writing books, writing blogs, getting promotions at work, getting better relationships with their loved ones and children and spouses and parents and all that sort of thing. But the most amazing thing is the boot camp itself helps everyone discover their soul's purpose. You know, you came here intending to discover who you truly are and to find out what you're here to do. And when you go along on a journey of self-discovery, discovering who you truly are, all your attributes and talents emerge, things you didn't even know about yourself. You are a unique person, and every experience in your life is unique as well. And all of the experiences of your life had led you up to discovering law of attraction, maybe finding Abraham Hicks, maybe getting into yoga or something else, and then eventually finding Joshua. And now that you're here, it's time to take the next step in your evolution, your spiritual journey. You do that by engaging a process, an active process, where you work through all your limiting beliefs and all your pre-held conceptions about what physical reality was and about yourself, and you shed the illusion of unworthiness and imperfection and being flawed and all that stuff. You intended to expand in joy, yet sometimes you expand in joy through experiences and sometimes you expand in suffering. That suffering simply comes from a limited perspective brought forth by limiting beliefs. If you can adjust those limiting beliefs, reduce the intensity of them, then you offer less resistance. In that state of less resistance, you are more in alignment. And in alignment, you receive inspiration to take you on your spiritual journey to discover who you truly are. You end the resistance, and so all these amazing things start to happen. You've been led by uh, inspiration, by guidance, to find the law of attraction, to find Joshua, to listen to this podcast, and now it's time for you to go to the next level. The new bootcamp starts January 6th. If you would like to learn more about it, it is very intense. The only way you can learn more about it is to send me an email, uh, joshuateachings at gmail.com, and then if you're interested in what you hear on that email, We can schedule a conversation to make sure you're at the right place and this is for you. It's a fun conversation. I've done about 100 of them so far and everyone is different. So don't be scared. Don't let your fear stop you from doing what you're inspired to do. Reach out to me at joshuateachings at gmail.com and I'll tell you all about it. So enjoy the show and we'll talk to you next time. Bye. There's more going on than you know. There are unseen universal forces at work. The law of attraction is just one universal law that plays a part in shaping your reality. But there's so much more to know. 
If you knew how to engage all the universal forces, you could deliberately create the life of your dreams. Joshua, a group of non-physical teachers, explains the laws of the universe and how the mechanisms of physical reality actually work. They are channeled by Gary Temple Bodley, and each week, Gary and a group of students discuss how they are affecting and enhancing their lives every single day. This is the expansion of the Law of Attraction. This is the teachings of Joshua Roundtable. We're thrilled you're here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Law of Attraction Roundtable. I'm your host, Gary Temple Bodley, and I'm here with Sir Guncor on a very fun podcast we're going to have. Really, it's for her podcast, too, which is Inspired Artist. And we're going to talk about inspired musical artists, and she's an inspired artist, singer. Uh, in fact, I was just talking to someone the other day who's going to be joining the boot camp, and she, in this conversation, had been listening to Joshua, and, and, I, and she was into kundalini yoga. I said, hey, do you know Sir Gunn? And she goes, yeah, I do. <laughs> you know, so you're getting really famous, too. And now with your podcast, you're Oh, cool. So this is up. someone who didn't know I was involved with you. No idea. Oh, yep. how cool. Just listen wow. to music, and I think she met you at some event somewhere. Yeah. Cool. Well, I look forward <laughs> to finding out who that is. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So you started your podcast, which is called Inspired Artists. It's climbing the charts. In fact, I saw it today that it is like up there in U.S. musical interview. Genre. Really? Yeah. Well, I'm going to have to get that chart app that you... Yeah. told me about. <laughs> so it's cool. So how's it been going? How many have you done so far? Oh gosh, you asked me up. 17, I think maybe. Excellent. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's right. Um, I also noticed that you're charting really high in like Greece and For other podcast. Yeah. Because you must have <laughs> talking to people who are, have followings in Greece and followings in Norway and followings in <gasps> Oh, no, yeah, you know what? I just interviewed um, Alexia Chellum, who I think is from Cyprus or something. So, yeah, uh -huh. she has some Greek, uh, yeah, some Greek. Yeah. Maybe that's why. <laughs> otherwise, I have no idea who that would be. <laughs> so how are you finding these people? The, well, so mostly it's been my friends, uh, just people that I know. Cause the, so the idea, I mean, you had the idea, really, for this podcast, but the but it made so much sense because I'd just gotten back from this festival and I was thinking to myself, man, I just love these conversations that I have with other musicians, you know, it wouldn't, and it would be so cool to have do this more often. And so I'm having these great conversations with my friends basically. Yeah. Well, that's what a podcast is. A recorded <laughs> conversation with your friends. Exactly. <laughs> about stuff you're interested in. <clears throat> right. Um, okay. But you know, inspired artist implies that there's more to it just than making music. You know, it's sure. like, yeah, you know, there's a spiritual component to it. Yeah. 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 And yeah. So not, obviously, oh, go ahead. yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, well, so that, you know, that's the word that Joshua uses all the time. It's this inspired action. It's taking action in love and, you know, listening to our, our guides and to our inner voice and pushing past that fear to do it, which was what I had to do to start the podcast. Cause. And everything else you've ever done that was inspired. You had mm -hmm. to push past fear in order right, to do right. it. Yeah. Cause sure. it's always going to come up sure. and musicians are, you know, it's an interesting thing because obviously they're receiving inspiration to write the music and, and to get so into playing their 
instrument or singing or whatever it is. And so they're acting on inspiration. But, and there's so many musicians, but I'll bet you there's a thousand people f- who want to do that for mm-hmm. everyone who's actually doing it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's interesting. I was actually thinking about that because um, I don't generally, I'm not generally with musicians, like the men that I've been with in my life are not, you know, doing that. And so I was kind of thinking about that as I'm, because I'm in a new relationship now and, you know, making all these decisions that would seem crazy from the outside, right? They're all like these inspired actions and people are going like, you know, you're doing what now? And, but to me, this seems totally natural because I'm used to in my musical realm, making all these, you know, decisions that are like, well, of course I would do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That just feels totally right. Of course it, um, you know, which is feeling more and more comfortable because of the Joshua work, I think uh, for sure. But I think Uh, that it does prep you. Yes. Uh, okay, so we'll think about how long have you been, have you been musical your whole life? Yeah, always. Yeah. yeah, and you've always been singing. Yeah. And when was the first time you sang in front of people? I was like four. Yeah, and when was the first <laughs> time you sang in front of people who didn't know you? That age, I think it was probably like a talent show or something. You know. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and maybe you had less fear at four because you yeah. didn't know what you know, right? Yeah, yeah, who cares? Uh, okay, so then you start, so how did this all progress? How do you go from four to where you are now? Well, I think I I spent quite a few years, you know, at high school, college, sort of comparing myself to other people and going like, well, am I really worthy of being a musician? And you know, shouldn't I be saving whales and trees and stuff? And, you know, or like, or like making a lot of money or, you know, whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, who, there are other people who do this maybe better than me or, you know, so I had some, I had to get over those, those worthiness issues. And I, I wouldn't have called it that at the time, but, you know, doing the Joshua work, that's what I'm, I'm realizing it was. And, uh, that took, that took a while to get over. Honestly, it took a while to, cause I didn't have the tools that I have now. So it was like this, you know, cyclical process of going through the woe is me and I must not be good at this and look how other people are progressing and I'm not for, you know, years and years and years. Yeah. Um, So yeah, doing the mantra music, I think softened it because it didn't seem as performancey. Right. And therefore, yeah. Yeah. So you have an idea of what a successful musician is and this could apply to anything anyone's ever doing. And then you compare yourself to the way other people are doing it. And from your perspective, it seems like they're doing something better or that they are better or they naturally have mm-hmm. better talent or everything. But this, like everything else, is a journey of self-discovery. And so when you discover who you are, then you can't compare yourself to anyone else because no one can be who you are. Right. And if you look yeah. at the people who are doing you know, really amazing things, they're so just into them. You know, they, yeah. they understand their uniqueness and aren't yeah. always comparing. Yeah. Um, That's so key for yeah. like for artists to understand. And it seems like it would be so obvious because of course, Bob Dylan can't be compared to, I don't know, Pavarotti right. or, you know, or even any other folk musician. I mean, they're, there's just, they're, they're unique, you know? Yeah. And that's what we love about them. Yeah. And that's yeah. what, plus you don't have to be all things to all people. In fact, you don't want right. to be all things to all people. Exactly. You want to be, attract your tribe 
or your fans, you know, mm-hmm. and you're not trying to say, cause this is, I've always been so into music, but I was into alternative and punk and new wave music. And those people were not changing who they were to be something they're not, except for the occasional hit song, you know? Uh-huh. And so like the Ramones, the Ramones, <clears throat> if you saw them in concert, it's incoherent. They're such a punk band. You can't understand what they're saying. And then they produced Rock and Roll High School, which is a song everyone knows, but it's not really a Ramon song at all. It's just oh. a fat, prefabricated song just to get on the radio. Um, and then, you know, there's just this pressure to become popular in order to what? Make money? You know, yeah. really, where's, where's it going? It's, yeah. It starts, if you, that's what selling your soul is, is you're, being something you're not, inauthentic, just to get attention. Yeah. And it feels so awful. I imagine. I imagine that would feel really yeah. awful. Yeah. It's, and it's sort of that, it's like that thing that Josh is always talking about where, you know, you could, if you have that, that lack mentality and you win the lottery, then it's just going to show you more and more about your, your beliefs around lack. And I think the people who end up being super successful for, you know, masquerading as someone that they're not, it just becomes worse and worse and worse and worse feeling. Even though from the outside, we're like, oh my gosh, they're doing so well. You know, they're committing suicide at the age of of 30 or whatever. I was just going to say that they are, (laughs) they're somehow killing themselves, whether it's drugs or suicide or whatever, because they assumed that this, you know, huge rise in popularity would finally make them feel worthy. And Mm -hmm. it makes them feel the opposite. Queen Latifah was talking about she had won a Grammy or maybe it was an Oscar or something. And after all the parties, she realized she's coming home to the same apartment that's mm-hmm. empty. There's no family and no boyfriend, girlfriend there. Um, and she's like, what is this? You know, here I reached the pinnacle of all of this. And it's like, it's not satisfying. Yeah. Because she's not, you know, if, if you're doing it to be someone you're not, then you can't get any satisfaction out of it. And I would imagine, and I know for a fact, that true satisfaction comes from just expressing yourself naturally mm-hmm. and not needing to receive accolades from right. it. You know, mm-hmm. And then you obviously do receive accolades because you're being authentic right. and appreciation. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, it's just been amazing. There's 100 people who have gone through the boot camp, and a whole lot of those people came from people that you know but also came from people that didn't realize you were part of the boot camp, and they just knew you because they're into yoga or whatever, and they love you. It's like this amazing thing. They go, oh, I love her. <laughs> Tracy and I were just in yoga. I think I told you the story, and we're hearing your voice as this other instructor in Newton, North Carolina, <laughs> with this thick North Carolina accent, you know is playing a playlist and you're on that playlist. And yeah. afterwards we go, we know her. She was, yeah. really, she was here in Newton just a little while ago. Really? And <laughs> you know so what's nice so fascinating about that for me, because that's happening a lot to me now, is I'm getting this praise that I thought I needed right. years and years ago. And while it, it does feel good, because it's like, oh, this is nice. Like yeah. how wonderful that, the, you know, it doesn't like, change me Mm-mm. you know it doesn't it doesn't feel like oh phew now I can be happy 
it's more like it's natural, you know? Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the same thing with Joshua. It's like, I was craving this appreciation from my friends and wife and father and all this stuff, parents, and we're doing things in order to try and get it. And then I just stopped doing that and said, I'm just going to appreciate myself, everyone else, the conditions. And I'm going to cultivate that feeling from within. And so now I get more appreciation than I've ever had before, but it doesn't make me feel worthy because I came at it feeling worthy and it just yeah. feels natural. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. It's an amazing shift. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So now you go on. So like in your twenties and stuff and high school and college, were you a different kind of performer? Were you in a band or singing yeah yeah I wrote so the way it evolved for me is I was I think I don't know if I was clinically depressed but pretty a pretty morbid teenager (laughs) like a pretty I wanted my room to be dark and cave-like you know and and I would go in there and I would spend all my after school time writing really depressing poetry and then my mom put our piano it was like an upright piano in my room And so now I had this piano and my dad wanted me to learn piano from an early age, which never really interested me until my college piano teacher showed me how to use it the way I wanted to, which was to be able to write my own music. Cause I just, I wasn't interested in playing classical or jazz standards or whatever. Yeah. And so I was, so I turned this poetry, this like really depressing. Well, I don't know from my perspective now, it's really depressing poetry into songs and that's how I, I started to, to do that. And so at a certain point after college, I decided, okay, well, the only thing that really makes me happy is doing music. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how this goes. So I had like a portable weighted keyboard that I'd take all around the, the state of Connecticut because that's where my parents lived at the time. And I would perform this depressing poetry set to music. And when I started doing yoga... I was, I, I realized it was like, I can't keep rehashing my, my, you know, sadness in front of people. Mm. <laughs> and, um, and I don't think I, I, I would have verbalized it exactly that way at the time, but that, that was, I just, I couldn't sing anymore. And my parents were like, why aren't you singing anymore? I was like, I don't know. I just can't keep doing this. So in that, within that space, I met some people who did um, mantra music and it felt really good. And someone asked me, this woman, Cece White, who's so cool, she, uh, she sings um, background vocals for like a lot of famous people in the, the scene. And she decided to start doing mantra music, you know, um, and she asked me to sing backup vocals for her. And that's, that's how I started and I guess felt worthy of, you know, singing mantra music. Yeah. And so do you now write mantra music or is that how yeah. that work? Well, oh. I write, I write the music, obviously I don't write the mantras. Um, I've been writing more English language stuff lately too. And um, the way I actually write now is interesting because one of my dreams was to be solely a recording artist. That's, that's, I do live stuff. Like I'm pushing past the fear of performing live a lot more, but I love recording. I love how you can just, I can be in my pajamas and record. So I collaborate with this guy from Sweden and Joshua. I will either, no, um, no, he's, he's in Portland. 
Oh, okay. Joshua's, uh, but I did collaborate with him too. And that was a very similar easy process. But the, no, the guy in, in Sweden, Mons, his, well, he goes by Songs of Eden. He, he sometimes will just send me an instrumental and I'll just sing something over top of it and that'll be a song. And it'll take us a day, you know? Yeah. And, or I'll send him the chords for something, sing something over it, and then he'll create the whole landscape for it, send it back to me, I'll re-record it, and then that's the thing. So it's just become simpler and simpler. <laughs> wow. Did you see the, the on the Sunday morning show, there was an interview with Billie Eilish? No. Okay, so she's gigantic now, right? My three-year-old's really into her. Right. <laughs> yeah. Everything she's ever recorded, ever, uh-huh. is from her bedroom. Oh, wow. And this is her family's house, and she started when she was 13, and I think she's 17 now. And yeah. her brother is this musician, too. He's older. And so the brother records her and then does all the music and it's all done in this tiny little bedroom where it's actually a two bedroom house and the brothers moved out and the parents sleep in the bedroom and one room is now where she sleeps another and the other room is her bedroom where she records it and everything that you hear like all those songs that are huge come Uh from that bedroom not a recording studio that's crazy well, I'm, I guess I can believe that. I think recordings that are made at home are better. I'm I, I'm biased. I don't like recording in studios. It's like it feels too pressurized. You're like, it's like you have to perform in this certain window. You know, when you when you do it at home, I could I could decide that I can't sleep one night and I could, you know, go into the studio and do something at 11 p.m. while everyone's asleep and or midnight or whatever, and and record something. It's it's you know like when you're inspired, you can do it. Well, right, because you, you're doing it at the right time because you're inspired. Yeah. Uh, and also, there's got to be something with the vibrations of the place. Mm. So now you're not mixing your vibrations with other people. Now, I don't know how true this is, you know, because I sort of, <laughs> Joshua said many times, is you bring your vibration with sure. you. Sure. But you could be affected by the vibration of others there. You know, yeah. imagine a sound engineer who's just, yeah. you know, not that into it and just doing it, paying for an hour. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. So you got that vibration mixed in there as well. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So at yeah. home, you've got your space that's full of love and the family's mm-hmm. there and everything too. Yeah. And so now you record something and then you just, you just put it out there. How do you put it out? I just um, submit it through CD baby. I actually have to do one now. We just, we just recorded a cover of happy by Pharrell Williams. Mm-hmm. A very different, very different version. I really uh. like it. Um, and so I have to, I have to put that out. Yeah. Awesome. And so you put it out, it's all free or people can buy CDs? Um, no, yeah. It's, it, I mean, either it goes through streaming platforms, which are free, or you know, they can buy downloads. The stuff that I do with Songs of Eden, we haven't made into CDs. I, feel, I sort of feel like CDs are you know, phasing out. So I, I have some CDs, but I'm not sure if I'll print anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know my a next car won't have a CD player in it. And the, sure. the electric cars and, t- and stuff don't have CD players because it right. takes up too much weight. Right. But and that's what people say. They're like, I'd love a CD. I don't have anything to play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how this is moving so quickly. You know? yeah. 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 But then, okay. So let's say that you're an artist and you're doing what you're inspired to do. 
Um, and But you might attach needing to survive mm. from this music, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then you do things you're not inspired to do, like tour or right. promote or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. It's an interesting thing that you've got to be aware that your abundance does not is not tied to this thing you're passionate about because you'll get whatever you need to live mm-hmm. from a million other sources and it has to be what's inspired, what feels good. And this is tricky because you could say, I don't like to tour or I don't like to perform live, right? Mm-hmm. And that could just be what you're inspired to do, but fear pops up. And so you say, I don't like it. What you're saying is I don't like this feeling of fear. Uh Yeah. Yeah. So so how do you know it's, it's like not inspired or, you know, it's just fear and you're just not willing to get over that fear. I think I'm getting better at this. This is one of the most subtle things that Joshua teaches that is tricky. Yeah. Because like you said, it's like, is this fear because my perspective needs a shift? Is it, well, I mean, I guess it's always that your perspective needs a shift, but like, am I really just not into it (laughs) or am I, or or am I really into it, but I'm talking myself out of it? Right. So, Um, well, how we figure this out is we say, is this activity aligned with love Hmm. and with who I authentically am? So you might say, I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert. Well, an extrovert is who you naturally are. Everyone is an extrovert, right? But if you call yourself an introvert, you're saying, (laughs) what you're saying is, I have this fear of being with people. Yeah. So you say, I'm not really into going to parties, you know, Mm -hmm. well, what you're saying is I'm not able to overcome the fear of, and I can't be who I truly am at these parties because the fear stops me from doing that. Yeah. Uh, so we got to say, okay, well, if you were this pure, positive, limitless, magnificent being of love, wouldn't it be natural to be singing in front of people? Live? Totally. Yeah. And, you know, it wasn't even the singing in front of people that freaked me out. It was the people talking to me afterwards. Right. It was like too much. Yes. I would I would get headaches when I got home and not be able to sleep and so that has that has been really uh, that has really shifted you know in in my life since starting the boot camp and doing all this I mean well, I'm talking you, to total strangers online now yeah <laughs> well now th- there's a couple things about that too because like yeah. Esther does no talking at all right. Um, she just leaves, right? That's mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. And I would be out there talking. Right. Um, but also it has to do with what you're talking about, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so if you can engage with people on this spiritual level, connecting to, you know, you're, you're in alignment, you're receiving thought, and you're realizing that this connection to this person is a spiritual connection, whether it only lasts for a couple of minutes. And so you'll receive everything you need to say if you can get into that state of alignment, right? Right. And then it becomes fun, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And not feeling like you have to engage with anyone because you, whatever, need to please them or, you know, make sure that they, whatever, that they feel good about the concert because you paid attention to them or, you know. So it really, yeah, it has to be authentic and and then it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. And you can just leave 
cut that part out of it if you totally. want to. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Good. All right. Yeah. So imagine you're performing in front of 20 people, how mm-hmm. that feels, or 100 people, mm-hmm. or 1,000 people. Is there any difference, any wobble in any of that? No, I think I could handle a thousand. I would probably rehearse more. <laughs> well, that rehearsing is sort of getting rid of the yeah. wobble, right? Yeah. You're a yeah. little more com- confident that you know everything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Funny. So I think about that too. And, and so I also think, all right, why would I want a thousand people rather than 20 people? Mm-hmm. Um, it's some ego in there. You know, you got to think, well, if I prefer a thousand to 20, is it an ego thing or is it a more fun thing? Uh, you know, it's pretty fun to have that many people chanting together. It's gotta be great energy. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, any, like when I was in Spain, the people, there were maybe like 50 people in a room because we did some sort of impromptu yoga studio concerts or it was just me and they were they chanted so loudly it was like having a thousand people in there i uh, couldn't even hear myself at one of them <laughs> <laughs> every time i see uh, you know um with the in a story about billy eilish and I, there's also a there's a great documentary about the avet brothers uh uh-huh. another one about the who are those three brothers that were really big um but the Hanson? No, those are- <laughs> no, it's recent ones, you know. Um, it's on Netflix now, I forgot. But anyway, when the crowd, so in this one with the three brothers, they're talking about, you know, they really were just playing and, and playing all these different venues and no one really knew them. And then a couple songs got on the radio and then the crowd was singing every word to every song. Right. That oh, must funny. be amazing, you know, Yeah. to have that. That was so sweet. I mean, I'd never had that happen to me where in Spain, they like rehearsed my concert or something. I mean, they knew every song. That feels so good. That must be the greatest thing in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's like, here's something you're passionate about. Uh, when you were a kid, you thought you were good at it, mm-hmm. right? And then you come along and you start to have doubts, mm-hmm. right? And then you compare yourself to others and you have more doubts. So you're mm-hmm. seeing yourself from a limited perspective. Then what gets you to see yourself from this higher perspective that you're perfect as you are and you don't need to be different than you are? How did you ever get to that level? I think it was a, sl- it was a slow route, at least from my perspective. Uh-huh. Um, so the first mantra that I wrote music to was, I am the light of my soul. I am beautiful. I am bountiful. I am bliss. I am, I am. And the reason I did that, and it's my, my one hit, um, the reason I did that was because it felt so, it felt so like such a lie to ah, sing it. You know, yeah. so I recognized, I was like, I really need this mantra. <laughs> so I wrote, I wrote a song to that. And, um, but like I wasn't, I realized, you know, I realized when I was in a breathwork thing a few weeks ago, I was not ready for the Joshua message at that point. Because if someone had told me I was perfect the way I was, I would have just been like, BS, you know? Yeah. I'm not uh, joining, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I have 
a lot of like I've been doing a lot of Instagram posts and commenting on other people's posts and everything. And specifically saying that is that you have to realize that you're perfect as you are. And I've been really getting into, into saying it, that you are perfect, that you're not flawed. The illusion of imperfection is this thing that's keeping you limited. You yeah. weren't perfect. You were perfect when you were a baby. You were perfect when you were two. You were perfect when you were four. You didn't get imperfect along the way. You were just told you were imperfect. That's all it was, mm-hmm. right? So this is the mm-hmm. illusion of imperfection. And I don't, and I'm like, in the beginning, I was like, no one's going to want to hear this. And so I didn't say it. And now I'm like, no, they may not be ready to hear it, but people weren't ready for the cell phone when that first came out. You know, you have to come to a vibrational thing. And this mantra is infecting your consciousness with truth of who you are. Right. You know? And so the more we can do that, like I right now, I sign every email, love Gary, Mm -hmm. unless it's to the plumber. But everyone, you know, generally. You write emails to your plumber, Gary? Yeah. If I need to get <laughs> something you? fixed, I send, send him an email, you know, <laughs> right? So, if it's, but otherwise, it's love because I want to cultivate this feeling of love. Even though it's awkward and there's a little doubt about what's this person going to think when I just say love, Gary, because uh-huh. everyone, everyone signs it. You know, sincerely, since or namaste, you know, <laughs> <laughs> right? No one's saying love. I mean, they do back to me, I get love back all the uh-huh. time, uh-huh. but it's like, why not just say love? Because that's what I want to impart. I want to put more of that into my life and get more back. And so, in the beginning of these things, it's really uncomfortable because you're not really a vibrational match. And then you get more and more comfortable with mm-hmm. all these ideas that are beneficial. So right. if the idea is beneficial, right. you can be fearless in putting it out there, whether people are ready or not. Right, right. Yeah. And I think the fact that it was, you know, that mantra was established and it came from someone else. So I didn't feel so uh it didn't feel so personal to me. Mm-hmm. You know, like like I didn't come up with it myself. I didn't have, there wasn't wobble around sharing it, but it's interesting that that's the most listened to thing that I've ever done. And it was the first thing that I ever did. And you know, that people really want to hear that. I am beautiful. People want to hear it. I am. Yeah. Yep. Um, This whole thing about self-talk, you know, you have control over that Mm self-talk but you don't think you do mm-hmm. until you start changing it. And then you realize you had that control all along. And so why not throw in some empowering ideas there? So who, who wrote that mantra? Uh, that was Yogi Bhajan, the guy who, who brought Kundalini yoga to okay. uh, the West. Yeah. And who writes all the other mantras? The diff- different, um, they come from different places and different saints and, you know, spiritual beings. And some of them were channeled by Yogi Bhajan, you know, and some of them we don't know. And, you know. And have you ever written your mantras? So let's see. Well, so the song Steady as Stone I did, um, Just As I Am, I Am Enough. I don't know that I necessarily wrote that, but I I could call that I wrote that. Yeah. (laughs) And... Don't you have 
access to all the oh, mantras yeah. that will ever exist. Yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. yeah. And current <laughs> is so much more exciting, right? Because it's yeah. it's a, a match to what's going on now. So yeah. Yeah, especially, you know, a lot of stuff is written like that spirituality wise is really general mm-hmm. and also written in a different kind time. So it's a different sense of what those words meant back then. Mm-hmm. So now there's the stuff that you can bring forth now, like the Joshua meditations, they just all came through as they were exactly, they're all 15 minutes long. They're all exactly, you know, that many, the same intro, the same middle part, same end. And then whatever the meditations about is different in the middle, but it's this download from non-physical who wants these things to come and all mm-hmm. you have to be is this cooperative component. So any song you ever wrote, yeah. you were the vibration, the cooperative vibration of that song when it came through. Mm-hmm. And so this is why I think that most bands' first albums are their greatest album, often. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very few of them go on to make a whole string of great albums. And generally it's mm-hmm. the beginning part because yeah. They have such a desire and there's such in that vibration of whatever they want to communicate, it flows through them. And some of the yeah. greatest songs have been written five minutes. And then when they try and repeat this, they're efforting their way into a repeat of some magic that happened that they can't capture again because they yeah. can't get into that vibrational state of this intense, pure desire to express whatever they're trying to express. Yeah. Which is why this is the most exciting time, in my opinion, to be a musician. Because if you want to be hugely successful, by whatever your estimation is, you don't necessarily have to have an engine breathing down your neck and demanding that you produce, you know, this kind of album. And I mean, you can just release it on your own. It's so exciting. Yeah, you can make it any way you want. You don't have to yeah, listen to anyone crap, else's advice. Source it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's yeah. never been easier. It's never been cheaper. It's never been easier to publish. Yeah. Uh, there's never been more variety. And it's never been easier to connect with those who resonate with what you're doing, too. And yeah. through podcasts, you can talk about these ideas. And do you ever play music on your podcast? Sometimes I'll play an excerpt of the song of a song from an artist that I'm interviewing. Yeah. 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 That's awesome. Um, and then videos as well, like, like your videos that are on YouTube are mm-hmm. really cool too. Mm-hmm. And to me, I couldn't tell the difference between you making a video and, a, and, you know, maybe a record company producing a big budget video. Oh, the mu- Oh, the music videos. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I had, I had this, a guy in Phoenix who was helping me out um, making some videos. They were cool. Yeah. It's awesome. It's all you need, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah. and so many times with music videos, it's the director's vision of the song. Mm-hmm. Well, who cares about his vision? I want to know the <laughs> band's vision of the song. Right, right. And right. generally, what I want to do is see the band playing the song, you know? That's mm-hmm. the most important thing. So, mm-hmm. You, you can do the video, you can do the music, you can do the production, you can do the, the distribution, you I can know. do the communication with the fans in your own way, mm-hmm. and you have and anything you're inspired to do, you can inspire with, and it can be purely you in an authentic way. Yeah. So when you interview these inspired artists, are you seeing that they're more authentic than the average person? 
I don't know. I haven't been scaling them. Let's, or are um, they living in fear too? I think, I think all, I think all artists have some, you know, we have some areas where we're really expanded and we're taking lots of risks and we're inspired and then other areas where, and I'm not sure, we don't really discuss that in the, in the podcast uh, or haven't, you know, maybe that'll come up, but yeah. I think for artists, it does tend to be financial. There's, there's tends to be a lot of limiting beliefs around how much money you can make as yeah. a, as a musician. And an artist, a painter too. Yeah. Yeah. I have so many artists that are in the Joshua community and they are attaching their value mm-hmm. to the art. Mm-hmm. Say, if people like this, it means I'm worthy. Right. And so it's hard for them to sell it because right, right there is a display of your worthiness. If you felt worthy, it'd sell for a lot. If you don't yeah. feel worthy, it has to be a reflection of how you feel about yourself. Yeah. Um, taking that, taking that, um, pressure off myself to make, well, you know, I never expected to make money doing music. Yeah. Honestly. Well, that's not true. As a singer songwriter, that was what I did expect. And that was going to be the measure of how successful I was. But as a mantra artist, when I did that first album, I didn't expect anyone to listen to it even, you know, not even, and it, you know, it, it continually, it is income generating, which is, is fascinating to me so you know you remove it and and it's it flows which obviously makes sense according to universal law but yeah you know well it's it's sort of like josh was the same sort of way it's you write a book you know some people buy it and you make a little money here and there books don't Mm -hmm. make a lot of money so if they do five million dollars five million sales then sure but in the little early stages is not like that. But yeah. what you're doing is you're giving, giving because it's $15, you, it's giving of yourself or a CD is giving. And then mm-hmm. you might have a website, you might have the podcast, free stuff that people can get into. And then, then in the case of an artist, it might be a performance where mm-hmm. they make some money or right. it might be, you know, uh, something they sell. Uh, t-shirts or whatever, you know, that sort of thing. Or maybe they write something and it becomes a jingle for a a product or something. There's all kinds of ways, but it has, but if you attach your worth to anything, which is what's great about channeling is it's not me, you know, (laughs) that's a separate thing altogether. Right. Um, right. But it's just like amazing how everything's just happening. It's like, (laughs) Oh, it's all coming from all different places and everything's put together. And if you had tried to plan this, it'd be impossible. Mm-hmm. You just have to go with that flow of inspiration, trust that you're worthy of all of it, and then let it take you, knowing that you'll have to push past fear to do certain things and just be okay. But if you think certain things are bad and wrong, you know, then you're going to limit yourself. Yeah, which yeah. is... It's, it's like the, the pandemic of the spiritual community in, in, in what I've been observing from the coaching, it was like this aha moment. It's like, oh my gosh, the, the, the spiritual community that that I've been involved in is so blocked by this idea of this is spiritual and right. And this is not spiritual and therefore wrong. Yeah. You know, and, and which is so conflicting in internally because then there are things that you do in your life that are spiritual and therefore right, but also things that you need to do in your quote unquote real life that are not spiritual and therefore wrong. 
And so you have this whole internal like battle going on with yourself of like, well, in these aspects of my life, I'm not being the person that I should be. And in these parts of my life, I am being the person that I should be. And I have this whole ego based, you know, thing going on where, whereby I, I judge myself based on how spiritual I am being. And the spirituality is dependent on all these factors, you know, all these belief systems that I've accumulated. It was totally fascinating. And I never realized that. And of course, because that's what I was doing and, you know, do to a certain extent and I'm, you know, catching myself doing. Well, in a larger sense, this is this idea of being good Mm -hmm. or bad, right? Yeah. So spiritual. I think we place so much more pressure on our, I I think once you consider yourself a spiritual person, you put this that much more pressure on yourself, I think. Well, to me. or it's different maybe. Yeah. But I mean, it's the same theme. So look at religion. As long yeah. as you're doing what the religion says you should do, whatever that religion says you should do, you're a good ex Christian, right. Muslim, whatever. Right. And then if you can't do what they want you to do, then you're bad. And so you have to judge yourself or you have to judge everyone else. And, you, and the judgment is this form of control based in fear. But really mm-hmm. it's, this programming of being this idea of good. The idea of of good is someone who does not cause fear in others. Mm. So they have to restrict how they're being so they don't cause fear in their parents or teachers or friends or whatever, so that they'll receive love. Well, here you are, a spiritual artist in this genre, but you could have been a punk rocker. And if you're a punk rocker, you can't make a album that sells any copies otherwise you're a sellout right and they'll condemn you so you have to be and you probably can't wear normal clothes and you can't you know you can't be happy can't be happy right can't make any money so this so when you get trapped in this box especially if you're in a genre right of music you have to live that genre i mean you can't be axel rose and i don't know do something that Axl Rose wouldn't do. It would, you know, <laughs> I don't know what that is, but you know, it's a sort of have the a same floral thing. bedspread. <laughs> you have to get your so here you are in the spirituality genre, and you probably can't um, enjoy cocaine. <laughs> right, <laughs> but I really want to. <laughs> I know. Once in a while, no. <laughs> if you want to do cocaine, you should do cocaine. You know. Yeah. No yeah. one should have judgment on what you want to do as long as... I have not been yet inspired to do cocaine. I will keep you posted. It's gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know. Anyway, so, like, for me, I'm not representing anything of a spiritual nature. I'm mm-hmm. going to be as just me. Yeah. And because if you get in this trap of creating this persona of a spiritual leader and teacher, then you have to watch everything you do to make sure it conforms yeah. with this persona you've created. Well, that's mm-hmm. true of everyone's persona, no matter what they're doing. Right. They're trying to create this persona so people will like them. And if right. you can give up on that, you'll attract people who actually like you, you know, whatever that is. Yeah. It was totally fascinating when I started to really look at that when I started the boot camp because I remember talking to you about all like the things I'd agree to and the restrictions that I had placed in my life. And you, you know, you said, well, okay, it's not really, it's not bad. It's just, you know, it's limiting. It gives you yeah. like a focus, I guess. But I've met so many people now who seemingly are also living by these rules who don't 
equally. Like, you know, they're also, they're also questioning how much they need to conform. It's, you know, it's like, it's nice. The truth comes out. Let's like big sigh, you know, big sigh of relief. Like we can still be spiritually connected and, you know, and uh, live our lives authentically and, and be ourselves. Yeah. So people can, people tend to be publicly spiritual and privately mm-hmm. non-spiritual because they're ashamed of the right, non-spiritual right. side, you know, yeah. um, it's, it's like, but all of that is control. So if you're trying to do anything to be something, you're trying to control your, your persona, your life, everything. And the whole idea is to give up all that control, just to go by inspiration, whatever mm-hmm. that leads to. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So what's the most interesting thing you've learned over these 17 conversations? How great my life is. I love, I know so many wonderful people and I get to have so many great conversations. I think that's the takeaway I got. I'm like, wow, I'm really blessed that I have all these wonderful people in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, it's, it's when you start living this authentic kind of life where you're just going on inspiration, it starts this feedback loop of giving you more things to appreciate and more things to realize how awesome everything really is because you're not focusing on the things that you thought were wrong. And so mm-hmm. are you at this place right now that you're like the happiest or the most con- you know, contented and satisfied? And so, you, yeah. so you've had this journey from depression to contentment. Yeah. Okay, so would you trade any part of that journey? Sometimes I, I will dip down into a lower state and, and, and think that I would, but no, definitely not. No. Yeah, Everything I've lived has made this so much better. Yeah. Did you ever think when you were in that depression that you wished you were different than you were? Yeah, all the time, I think. That's... Like different parents and different everything, right? And now yeah. you get to a place where you actually – can't even imagine anything being different. You don't want anything mm-hmm. to be different, right? No. Uh, now then, going forward, what do you want? That's the tricky part because you get to this place of yeah. living in pure desire for all these things you think are missing. You get to a level of acceptance and realization uh-huh. of how uh-huh. great life is, but you're also thinking about where you want to go next. But you, at the same time, you have to go like, why, yeah. why, why do I want that? Why do I think I want this? Right. You know, is it truly right. for fun right. or is it truly interesting or is it truly uh, ego gratification in that, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that's really, that's a great question. I don't think I want really anything specific anymore. There are ideas that I'll get. And, and then my question is like, well, that, that's fun. I wonder how that will play out. I wonder how that will show up. Which means you're not attaching. Yeah. You're not being attached Mm -hmm. to the outcome. You're like, that's an exciting idea. And I would, you know, I'm interested in exploring that idea and I'll take a couple steps in that direction, but I don't Mm -hmm. need it to turn out the way I think it does because I have this newfound faith that I'm always getting everything I need. Right. And in that, you become so highly effective because you can stay present and grounded and realize, you know, and start living in this idea of appreciation and love 
where everything mm-hmm. is good as it is. You don't need anything to be different. You know that you will be launched on the course to something different, but whatever that is, you can accept that that's going to be the best possible thing without getting in the way of it or resisting yeah. it. Yeah. So yeah. I, I have always. Well, Cause you start to. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say to you, yeah, go ahead. From the moment I saw you, you lit up for me and I always knew that you are going to skyrocket here. So, so <laughs> thank you. Well, it was the same. It was the same for me. I, I was, uh, I, I met you in that boot camp, and I started listening to your podcast and like basically stalking you. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I thought I, I, thought what, I was stalking who you. Is this, who is this person? And <laughs> uh, I was watching your videos and sharing them with everyone, and like, <laughs> and I was stalking you uh, digitally. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. That's well, funny, yeah, 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 digitally, not. Yeah, I, I didn't know where you lived at that point, but now you know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's a really cool thing to, to not, to not be attached to the outcomes. And then, you know, you realize, and this is something that Joshua talks about a lot, is that the inspiration that you get, well, it's like that, that path of least resistance that Abraham talks about. It's, it's just the easiest way to get you to where you're meant to go. It might have nothing to do with why you think you had. Exactly. Inspiration, you know? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The inspiration could lead you to a completely different thing and yeah. you would never have gotten there had you not done the first things, right? Yeah. Mm. Cool. Good. All yeah. right. So, awesome. Um so you tell everyone how to find you. Yeah, so if you are not listening to this on my podcast, um <laughs> you can find this podcast on Inspired Podcast on all the podcast uh, locations. And um, you can find me at Um, You can find me through my Facebook group, which is called Sensitive Superhero Tribe. And I will be even more involved in this next boot camp starting January 6th uh, for the Joshua's Unlimited Abundance Boot Camp that we've been referencing this entire time. Yeah. Yeah. And so we did the boot camp six times this first year. And about a hundred people went through it. It's like, you know, you and a whole bunch of people you brought and then people who've been following Joshua yeah. and people who never heard of Joshua came into it. And people who never heard of law of attraction came into it. And it's just showing you how reality really works and who you truly are and how to consciously change your vibration to allow in all the great stuff that you intended prior to your birth with not being attached to what you think you want, living in this state of acceptance, it takes a little bit of work to figure that out. We do it for eight weeks, but really once you're in the boot camp, you're in. And so I just am doing my sixth boot camp right now. I just did the coaching call today and I saw stuff there that was like at this higher level, which I got really for the first time. And it's just, it shows you how this, and we've been talking about it today. It's, you have to get to a place of acceptance of yourself, of everyone else, of the conditions. Then you maintain this alignment, this perspective that everything's good. Then you're receptive to inspiration. Then you're going to feel some fear, but you have to analyze that fear. Then you push past that fear and take the one step you can take on that inspired action. 
and then just move on this journey of self-discovery without worrying about anything that's wrong. You have to give up this idea of wrong. And if you can do that, you start to transform into a life that feels really good and you become highly effective in everything you do because you're constantly receiving downloads and receiving inspiration. That's it. If you want to learn more about Joshua, go to Sir Gunn. Sir Gunn will tell you all about Joshua or Google me, Gary Temple Bodley, anywhere. And we have a couple of podcasts. We have all kinds of books. Very cool stuff going on. So I think we've frozen again. Are we back? Yeah, okay. you, well, no, it was just a little robotic. Hopefully on your end, because you're the one recording, it was, uh, it was recording. Yeah, it, was, it seemed okay here, but we'll find out later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, see, isn't it cool? cool. We can do a podcast. It was so nice. Yeah, it doesn't have to be perfect. <laughs> this is a, yeah. 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 This is a swap cast. Yeah. And, um, you know, in Seattle, where you are now, they don't have very good internet. You got to get better internet. In New North Carolina, they have amazing internet. It's, it's crazy because I'm in like the tech, the techiest place on earth, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's because everyone's using the internet there and no one's using that's, it here. That's, prob that's probably what's going on. <laughs> All right, so again, it's great talking to you. Yeah, you too. Look forward to seeing your success and 2020 is the year of clarity, so we're going to go to new heights. Yeah, right? listen here. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for listening. Bye. Make sure you follow these podcasts and give your, leave your comments and rate them and do all that great stuff. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Teachings of Joshua Roundtable. Remember, you are loved more than you can imagine by more than you could ever count. We'll see you next week.